if you're with us last week, I'll just kind of catch you up, give you the cliff notes. We were in Luke chapter 11 as we started this 30-day season of prayer together. And Luke chapter 11 is this really significant moment in the ministry of Jesus. You know, Jesus is, is praying and his disciples, they see him praying. And we don't know which one of the disciples it was, but one of the disciples, they come up to Jesus and they say, hey, Jesus, okay, we have seen people pray our whole life. This is a paraphrase. <laughs> they say, we've seen people pray our whole life, and we've prayed prayers our whole life, but we've never seen pe people pray like that. We've never seen someone connect with God the way that you seem to connect with the Father heart of God. We've never seen someone get their prayers answered the way that you seem to get your prayers answered. Jesus, would you teach us how to pray the way that you do? And here's what I love about Luke chapter 11. Jesus, in that moment, he had the opportunity to create a spiritual caste system. He could have said, well, I'm the son of God, and this is the way I pray, and this is the way you pray. But what did Jesus do? He didn't do that at all. Jesus said, you want to talk to God, you want to connect with God, you want to be in relationship with God the way that I am. He says, here's the way that you do it. And Jesus began to remind them that prayer is not just a bunch of pious religious words that are connected together that we throw into the air in hopes that some deity out there will respond. Prayer is not the stick that we use to beat the cosmic, cosmic pinata with in hopes that the, the blessings will fall. Prayer is not just the thing you do before dinner or before you, you go to bed or before the blue lights are in the back of your rearview mirror as you're driving too fast. Prayer is not just this wish in a bottle that you throw into the ocean. He said it's that moment when you punch through the, the veil that seems to separate what is human and what is divine. It's the moment you connect with your Father. And Jesus began to lay the, the, the framework for prayer. He says, prayer is this, this endeavor into intimacy. Prayer is this step into relationship. And so he said, when, if you want to pray like me, this is the way you pray. Our Father in heaven, our Father that is all around us. Hallowed be your name, glory be your name, magnified be your name. In other words, Jesus is teaching us that prayer in the context of relationship is not about us making sure God gives us what we want. But prayer is the moment where we make sure that God gives us what he wants. And it's this great exchange. And it's here in the prayer life of Jesus that you see Jesus had this ability to not only share his heart honestly, but to surrender his life fully. And this morning, I want us to think about what it means to be men and women that pray with the honesty of Jesus. Like, what does it mean to share our hearts Honestly, before the Lord, I see one of my good friends, actually two of my friends are our neighbors, Chris and Lacey Klotz. And earlier this week, uh, Chris sent me this quote from Henry Nouwen. And I just want you to listen to the words because I think it's such a picture of what we're going to talk about in Mark chapter 14. Henry Nouwen is an amazing thinker and theologian, but I love what he says about the prayer of intimacy. He says, the prayer of the heart, listen to that, the prayer of the heart is a prayer that does not allow us to limit our relationship with God based upon interesting words or pious emotions. He says, no, the prayer of the heart opens up the eyes of our hearts so we can see ourselves as we truly are and so we can see God as he truly is. It's in the prayer of the heart that we have the courage to stake our hold as both sons and sinners and to cry out, Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, I'm a sinner. I love how he ends the quote. This is what he says. He said, the prayer of the heart challenges us, listen to this, to hide nothing from God and to surrender everything unconditionally into his mercy. 
I think all of us know that intuitively you can't hide from God, but we spend much of our lives doing it. Like Adam and Eve, we cover ourselves in fig leaves and we hide behind the trees and we go, maybe if I just say the right words, I'll fool the Lord. But prayer is the moment when you say, God, I want to come out of hiding. And I want to begin to speak to you as you already know me to be. I want to speak to you that way. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but have you ever noticed that in the context of every relationship, before there is intimacy, first there is honesty, right? Can I get an amen if you believe that? That before there is intimacy, there's, there's honesty. I remember experiencing this with Sydney when she and I first started dating. You know, just like any relationship at first, it was just like pure magnetic animal attraction, you know. She saw me and she's like, you're a mate. No, I saw her. That's what I thought. She went out with me on a dare probably. But, you know, there's that, that moment where you see somebody it's like, I want to get to know them more. And then you begin to go from the shallow end into the deep end of relational connectivity. And you begin to get to know their personality and their likes and their wants. But there's that moment in every relationship where you go, if we're going to venture beyond the kiddie pool, we have to get honest. And I remember that moment for Sydney and I where we're sitting there and it's like, okay, here's the stuff in my heart that I've been hiding from everyone. Do you still want to be in? And we began to discover in the context of our relationship that intimacy demands honesty. Without it, we're just actors. This is true with your children, with your friends, with your roommates. And this is true with the Lord. Like for us to be a church, to go, God, here we are. But have you ever noticed that that journey from the, the kiddie pool into the deep end, from activity to intimacy, have you ever noticed that journey is marked with so much struggle because sometimes being honest is so scary? It's, it's scary to see ourselves. It's scary to allow someone else to see us. And truthfully, it's also just downright inconvenient because depth takes time. Depth takes intentionality. And I believe what the psalmist writes is true, is that the deep is calling to deep. You know, ethos, this month is not just about us being together. It's about us saying, Lord, bring us into the deeper places of your heart. And in order for us to do that, we have to be people that pray, not just for intimacy, but with honesty. I love this moment in Mark chapter 14. We're just going to look at it for a few minutes. We're going to start in verse 32 together. And I want you to see Mark chapter 14 Hey, here's the context. Jesus is just a few hours away from his crucifixion. Just a few hours away from being wrongfully arrested, brutally beaten, and hung on a cross for your sins. And it's this moment of great pressure. And here we're going to get an insight into Jesus' prayer life, not just because of what he's going to teach us, but for what he's going to show us. And I want you to listen to these words out of Mark chapter 14, verse 32. It says, Then they went to the place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, Sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. Those were three of his closest friends in the middle of the 12. He took Peter, James, and John along with him. And Jesus began to be deeply distressed and troubled. Verse 34. He said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, so stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, Jesus fell to the ground and he prayed that if it was possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, Daddy, Papa, that's what he's crying out. He says, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. 
So then Jesus returned to his disciples and he found them sleeping. Simon, he said, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for just one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and he prayed the same thing. And when he came back, he found them sleeping again because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. I love this moment because Jesus finds himself in this season of unbelievable pressure. And here's what I believe. I believe pressure does not make your faith, and pressure does not break your faith. It merely reveals the sincerity of your faith. That pressure is like an earthquake that just splits open the surface of our lives, and what's really true about us comes bubbling to the top. And what I love is you begin to watch Jesus walk through the wine press of human pressure. What keeps coming to the top is a picture of God's heart. I love this, this moment in Gethsemane where Jesus could have prayed like a courageous prayer. <laughs> Jesus could have like prayed a bold prayer. You know, he, could have, he could have shown us how to be strong and courageous, but what does he show us how to do in Mark chapter 14? He shows us how to be honest. Because I believe Jesus knew that sometimes in the moments of pressure, we don't need courage. What we need is honesty because sometimes honesty is the most courageous thing we can do. And Jesus knew that honesty preceded intimacy, and if he was going to be with the Father, he had to go as he really was. And I love this because his life becomes permission for our prayer life as well. You see these two different levels of honesty and intimacy unfolding in Mark chapter 14. The first is what happens between Jesus and his closest friends. Look at this in verse 33. It says he took Peter, James, and John along with him. I want you to notice that this moment's not happening in front of all the crowds. It's not in front of thousands of people. It's not even happening in front of the 12. It's not even in front of his house church. Jesus takes his closest friends within the friends along beside him. Verse 34, and he said to them, that's a huge phrase. He didn't just think this. He said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Have you ever thought about what it is that would trouble the human heart of God? So much that he would rather die than face what it is that he's getting ready to enter into. And I love this moment of intimacy and honesty between Jesus and his friends. He says, here it is. I think in almost every area of our spiritual journey, we have the choice. Will we work to conceal that which is in our hearts? Or will we partner with God to reveal what is in our hearts? In a church that is working to conceal what is in the heart, will never experience all that God is wanting to reveal in his church, in his people. And there's this moment where Jesus looks at his closest friends, and he could have kept it inside. He could have kept it secret, but he pulls them in. And he says, guys, this is what I'm feeling. And this is one of the things that I'm, I'm hoping will happen in this season, that in our church, God will give you two or three people that are safe enough Maybe in the midst of your house church, maybe in the, in the middle of your work, maybe at your campus that the Lord will give you two or three people that are safe enough for you to uncover the corners of your heart because sometimes before we can get to God, we have to be able to, to speak to someone around us so they can help us get there. Sometimes there's these moments where we just need our community to get us going. And I love what Jesus models, but he doesn't stop there with his community. He keeps going, and this is it's so beautiful to me. It says he walks a little further, verse 35. And he fell to the ground and he prayed, Lord, if it's possible, Abba, Father, everything is possible. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. 
He says, he says Daddy, you are, you are capable of doing everything. I want you to notice this, that Jesus' view of God is as high as it could possibly be in this moment of pressure. He says, God, you can change the story. You can change the outcome. You can change the circumstance. God, you can move it. And before we can get to the place of surrender, we have to get to the place where we can share that boldly with God. God, we believe you're capable of all things, and we're not scared to talk to you as though you're capable of all things. I think sometimes we take our faithlessness and we baptize it with the language of respect, and we come into the house of God, and we ask God for small things, and we think we're being pious, and we think we're being respectful, but what we're doing is dishonoring the bigness of God. And I love this moment where Jesus looks at his father and he says, you can do anything, and I'm asking you to do the anything. I think about one of my mentors, a guy that's blessed my life deeply, especially from a distance. Years ago, his daughter was in her final days of battling cancer. And remembering, I remember hearing the, the prayers that were bubbling up out of his heart for his daughter as she was dying. And it was the prayers he learned from Jesus. It's the prayers you learn from the Psalms where we come to the Lord and say, God, this is as I am. This is what I love about Jesus' prayer life. His life is giving us the permission to enter in honestly and to share our hearts fully with our Heavenly Father who is big enough to take what you're trying to hide. Ethos, do you believe God is big enough to handle the things you're trying to cover? He says, come on. And you see this all throughout Jesus' prayer life. You see it in Luke 10. He has that moment of joy with the disciples and what's in his heart, he just shares with the Father. Or think about that, that, that moment later on in John chapter 17 where he's praying for the disciples and his dreams and his desires are just bubbling up. And what you see over and over and over in Jesus' prayer is not just this willingness to surrender fully, but this commitment to share honestly. Because Jesus knew that intimacy only came when someone could stand before the Father with honesty. One of my favorite moments of every night is with my kids. You know, Sydney and I will tuck them into bed or we'll lay in bed, we'll read stories, we'll hang out. We'll just talk, like, hey, how was your day? And like, what are you feeling? And what's going on? And as a dad, you know, one of the things that I love about that moment is my kids are so young, they don't even know that they're supposed to hide things from me yet. They'll learn. <laughs> but right now, they just, they just talk. And it's not polished, and it's not put together, and it's not always a request. I mean, it's just, it's just thing after thing after thing. It's just this ability to be in the presence of their dad and just say, hey, here's what's going on. And it doesn't always need resolve. They understand there's something about sharing honestly that's bringing us into places of intimacy, even if they don't have a word for it yet. And I go, what about us? You know, this is what I want us to enter into this morning. And so we're going to enter into a, a personal time of prayer right here, just you and God. And you're not going to have to share this with anybody next to you. I'm not going to say, hey, turn to someone now and share what you just thought of. So I'll just take that pressure off of you, okay? But I want to give you one question to think about. If you have a journal or a phone or something to write with, here's one question that I just want to give you to think about. What things, what things are occupying your heart this morning? Like, what things are occupying the real estate of your heart this morning? Is it a dream? Is it a fear? 
Is it a burden? Is it a blessing? Some of you are going, I've been going so fast, I haven't even thought about my heart. And that's where you start, that's okay. So I want to ask, what's on your heart this morning? And I'm going to give you what may feel like an uncomfortable amount of time. We're going to take 10 or 12 minutes. And there's going to be some music playing, and it's just going to be quiet, and it's just going to be dark. And I want to invite you to do two things around that question. Number one, I want you to really take note of what's in your heart. Just ask the Father, God, what do I think about? When, when I don't have anything to do, what do I think about? That's what's on your heart. So I want to invite you to take note of it. And then the second thing that I'm going to invite you to do in this space is to just spend some time talking to your Heavenly Father about what's ever on your heart. And some of you are going to go, it doesn't feel very spiritual. It doesn't matter. He's your dad, and he loves you. And he already knows it. But he wants to hear it from your lips. And so I want to give you the space to take note of it and then to talk. You can talk to God silently in your mind. You can speak out loud. You can stand. You can kneel. You can sit. But I'm going to pray over us as we enter into this time. And then I'm just going to literally give you 10 or 12 minutes. You don't have anything else to do right now, Ethos. Let's just take note of what God is doing. And let's spend some time talking to our Father just as Jesus would. Father, would you give us the gift of seeing ourselves as we really are this morning. And then of, then of seeing you as you really are. Father, would you help us to take notice of the things that are occupying us? Every dream, every fear, every worry, every doubt, every barrier that is keeping us bogged down in the mire of dead religion. God, give us the space this morning to see our hearts and to see your Father heart for us. God, I know there's some in here that have experienced such deep wounds, even just that word Father. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you'd be moving through the room this morning, ministering, that you'd be healing, that you'd be moving. God, would you loosen our tongues and our lips and our hearts so we can speak to you as a kid does to their dad in their bunk bed at night. In the name of Jesus, I pray, amen. So this space is yours, the next 10 or 12 minutes. What's in your heart? And then I want to invite you to just spend some time talking to God about it. I love you all.